0: you heard there was the uh, uh, the Native American or the Maya triple drone flute. Um, it is a flute that you can actually has a six-hole drone flute that uh, was used in, uh, they believe, in the Maya temples uh, to connect with the, the higher self or to connect with the gods. Um, and today, this is to introduce what I'm going to be talking about today, is the Popol Vuh of the, uh, of the Maya and uh, with me today, I have, in order to discuss this, I have um, uh, Thomas Barrientos uh, Casada. And uh, he is the director of the archaeology department and uh, had the honor, among other things, of uh, being the guide to uh, President George W. Bush and his uh, wife when they were visiting the Ichimche ruins. Uh, he helped to discover... What is so he's an archaeologist and he helped to discover what is the uh, uh, longest uh, Mayan text that has been found on a, on a relic or on, on a building in Guatemala. If I'm correct, is that right?
1: Yes, David. <coughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you very much for the he's, invitation uh... to uh, such an important series of uh, conversations.
0: And uh, he has a PhD in anthropology from uh, Vanderbilt University. Um, and um, he's also been working, uh, he worked on some uh, educational materials that uh, sought to use the Popol Vuh in uh, in, uh, in uh, uh, rural education or Maya education of uh, uh, Maya ki- kids, right? Is that correct? Uh,
1: yes. Yeah. So... Um, Yes, uh, we... Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, and uh, so at the Writing History podcast, what we talk about a bit is kind of the ones who wrote history and and why they wrote it, and uh, uh, the kind of world, the arguments they made about their past, uh, their present, and their future. Now, just to give a a brief introduction on this, you told me that uh, one of the purposes of... The Quiche lords, to to or the um, the ones who uh, who wrote the Popol or the who translated it into uh, Spanish, uh, or the, that wrote the papalvo was to kind of uh, make a claim to a certain part of the land. Is that correct?
1: Yes, yes. Um, these kind of documents were written mostly to um, prove the rights for certain territories.
0: Mm-hmm. So kind of, uh, what, what, what they call that, uh, uh, almost like a, a deed to a certain part of land and to prove that we have been here for a long time, we have a deep history here and, and uh, um, the, uh, there were speculations that there was this one uh, Maya who has uh, later obviously had a Spanish name because they adopted Catholicism and, and Spanish names, but uh uh, that he uh, was uh, trying to get back the, not just the land rights, but kind of the uh, duty for the peoples around to pay to the Kiche uh, a certain, certain keep uh, or certain uh, taxes uh, that they had claimed to based on their history. Um, and uh, we're not quite sure who wrote the Popovu, because it says the author is uh, anonymous or is hidden, um, but uh, it may have been the master of ceremonies for the for some of these uh, great um, tribes of the uh, the Kitshemaya that are, are because uh, a lot of the um, a lot of the things that they notice in the Popolvo has been speculated. A lot of things they notice and they describe are the change of customs uh, and uh, marriage traditions, etc., so things like that, which obviously masters of ceremony uh, would be very interested in. And so the uh, <coughs> this was written. Uh, um, we we don't we uh, we can uh, date roughly uh, when the Popol Vuh most likely was written based on some of these uh, some of these clues. Uh, but uh, we know that uh, around um, 1550 is when it was recorded in writing, um, and then it afterwards was uh, um, documented or or or. Um, um, uh, translated maybe by the by, uh, Francisco Jiménez, I believe. Is that right?
1: Yes, the Dominican friar. Uh,
0: and obviously there's a kind of a double-sided thing to these, uh, uh, these early missionaries. Some of them were the most eager ones in burning Maya script uh, because they believed this contained things that were was heathen and that uh, tied the Maya people to to their old gods and old religions and so on. And so a lot of a lot of uh, Mayans were a very literate culture, had a lot of books and a lot of them were destroyed. Uh, but there was also some of these uh, friars like uh, Chimenez that uh, we actually can thank for have, for uh, preserving at least some of these things. And so, uh, what would you say about the, uh, the Popo It's about the most important book, or perhaps the, uh, one of the most important books that we have left of the Mayas?
1: Yes, definitely. <laughs> it, it has to be the, the most relevant reference to, the closest reference we have to the um, pre-Columbian Maya cosmology.
0: And uh, it's also one of the longest texts that we have, right? The other ones are very often uh, and very often just deal with... Uh, we have the Dresden Codex and these other codices and they very often deal exclusively with uh, with uh, astronomy, religion. Uh, whereas this one also te- does has the combination of uh, obviously the creation myth and religion but also of... Um, some uh, historical sources of specifically of the Kichamayas talks about their history and, and development uh, past the classical period, right?
1: Yes, and um, we we are not sure if the Popol Wu uh, was was a single book. Uh, I Personally, I see it as a compilation, mm. you know, uh, of, of different books. And, and in that sense, you know, they're sort of parallels to to the Bible. So some people call it, you know, the Maya Bible. Mm, But um, what I see in the Popol Vuh is that we have a compilation of different documents. Um, So it it is also possible that we have more than one author for for the Popol Vuh. Mm. Um, But in any case, this compilation, I mean, it was not just, you know, piling different... (laughs) Uh, legends and, and, and land titles but but it, it was written uh as maybe copying uh, other other manuscripts maybe codices mm. uh but they were they, they were brought together in a, in a very very um fluent uh, manuscript uh so even though that uh, the Popol Vuh probably was based on other ancient documents uh uh, whoever uh, wrote the text in, in the middle 16th century um, made it in 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 a way that you can tie different uh, myths, um, legends, um, and historical data together, you know, in one single a uh, masterpiece. So uh, there are very few. Uh, uh, colonial uh, indigenous manuscripts like like this. I mean, we can uh, uh, probably say that the um, Memorial de Solola, you know, the annals of the Cachiqueles is probably the closest, but it's not as complete. And, and the other ones are are more more um, focused on uh, recent history, um, uh, before the the Spanish conquest. Mm. So the Popol Vuh is, is in, in that way very unique. In, uh, compared to, to what we uh, know uh, uh, about the, um, the mean, early colonial right. indigenous
0: culture. Uh, I mean, uh, in some ways, uh, you could say, I mean, even though it was recorded um, or the, the version that we have is, uh, is post-Columbus, but it really is a pre-Columbian text and uh, one at that that tells a coherent story from the creation and uh, up until the uh, the um, Alvarado, who was the one who uh, fought the war against the Maya and uh, conquered the Maya. So it, it's it's uh, a it uh, you know it, it's uh, it's an it's an eye opening view into another world. Um, and uh, one thing that struck me a lot was just how different it was. Um, so far, I've done some uh, work, some of these uh, podcasts on you know texts from the goths or from the uh from the romans from the vikings from the uh um georgians in the in the east um but this is uh as far as the kind of the life world that you inhabit when you're reading this text it is the most removed i'd say from in some ways some ways in some ways it's very familiar and human um in other ways other times it feels like you just landed on Mars or <laughs> distant galaxy <laughs> among a people that that uh, were just think in a very different way. Just their their life world looks very different from the normal assumptions of you know of uh, say Western texts or classical texts in uh, in Europe, for example. Uh,
1: yes, I mean it's it's a very good re- reflect of. Uh, I would say the Mesoamerican idiosyncrasy, um, because it reflects, you know, um, not only um, historical aspects of the society, but also uh, 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 civic and moral values mm. that uh, were definitely the the, the guidelines uh, of a Maya societies for for. For centuries, and um, I, I want to point out that uh, the Popol Vuh, like, like I said, combines creation myths, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, adventures of uh, uh, semi-gods and in 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 history, and it, it was not uh, something that was particular to to early colonial Maya um, history, but we know that. The pre-Columbian Maya kings they um, used this mythology as a way to uh, to prove the right to to rule over certain populations. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, by, by tracing their that, lineage
0: back to the, some of these uh, they, these uh, early early figures,
1: yes, and and um, um, so we know that the, that the Popol Vuh is based on very, very ancient (laughs) uh, histories and and, and, and legends and documents because the practice of um, legitimating rulership through mythological history, which is more or less what the K'iche' were doing in the middle 16th century. I mean, they they were tracing their history to the very, very beginning of time in order to claim rights to a certain territory. But um, Maya kings, did that uh, two thousand years uh, before, in order also to to legitimate,
0: right? So, uh, so would, their, would they say? Position. Would they say like? Would there be like inscriptions that uh, here are the uh, the kings of this city, and they they uh, are the inheritors of this or this uh, uh, Hunapu, or I don't know, of uh, Chibala, Chibalinke?
1: Yes. Um, Actually, the um, in 100 BC mm-hmm. um, there is. Uh, I mean, this is the time of the preclassic period. It's when we st- we start to see the first Maya cities and the first evidence of dynastic kings. And and there is this site called San Bartolo uh, that I mean um, one of the main palaces was painted with murals, and this was. Uh, this was preserved by by the maya themselves so about um 10 years ago these murals were discovered and then we we, we had this fascinating you know a, a a picture of what the popol vuh tells us but <laughs> you know in the very beginning of of maya civilization and basically we see certain episodes of the popol vuh painted mm. And at the very, very end of of this narrative, we see the uh, a king, you know, being crowned, you know. Um, so it is 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 very very um, obvious that certain myths, like the rebirth of of the maize god, uh, which is of course uh, one of the fathers of the hero twins in the Popol Vuh, was one of the basic Mythical histories that were directly tied to a, a divine um, kingship in in Maya civilization.
0: Hmm. Interesting. So, and and this is actually uh, quite common that uh, one of the reasons for writing history is to uh, claim territory or to uh, establish the right to rule uh, over a certain period or uh, uh, people or certain certain lands. Uh, also in European or uh, ancient uh, ancient uh, other texts. So uh, let's take a, just a little bit of an overview of the Popol Vuh, the structure of it. So it starts with this uh, preamble that's a kind of introdu- introduction to the piece um, and talks about the reason for wi- writing the Popol Vuh uh, at the time, as they say, in the midst of Christendom. Uh, when this is not heard other places. They talk about the measuring of the earth. They talk about that uh, the Popovu used to be this source to which other tribal kings could see, and then everything was clear to them, then nothing was hidden. And uh, then they start in, starts in book one with an account of the uh, creation of living being, beings, uh, and the gods always are trying to create this certain kind of being that can reflect enough on their making that they can seek back to their creators um, and uh, and worship them. And they try first, and there's first animals, then humans, and we can talk about that later. And uh, uh, then there are some that are made by earth and mud, uh, but they soaked up with water and dissolved. The second ones were created from wood. They became monkeys and were destroyed in a flood because they wouldn't worship the gods or couldn't worship the gods. And then humans are made by maize, uh, which is the becomes the... the, the Proper way of making or cornmeal, uh, I guess. In some ways, this uh, what what humans are made of. In this one, um, but then uh, and then in book two, there's the uh, hero twins that uh, are. Um, we talked about Hunapu uh, and Chibalanke. Uh, um, is that the the way it says
1: Yeah, ish- ish-
0: Ishbalanke. 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 Um, and uh, they are kind of sent out to, to kill some of the leaders of these, uh, these uh, humans made from, by wood um, and to, uh, to make the, hu- the world fit for, for human habitation. They have to kind of conquer the uh, leaders of the underworld uh, in order to make them not uh, seek for the lives of humans but uh, be, be pacified by animal sacrifice um and then there's a uh, uh at the in book four is really where you come where you come to the humans um they are created they're given morality um and you have the uh four ancient forefathers of the kitsa lords and their establishment of the beginnings of what is a kind of the kitsa maya uh Im- empire and uh with some genealogical, genealogical lines that go on to the modern period, where we hear of a few that were tortured by by the Castilians or the, the, the Span the Conquistadors, um, and uh, tortured and killed by the by the Spaniards, uh, and that's when we know that okay, this is now we've come into the time of the uh, of the colonization. So that's just a brief overview of the of the um, of the Popol Vuh and you see it's kind of split almost half and half between the uh, kind of mythical and uh, uh, mythical and religious and the historical. Right?
1: Yes, and um, and even the, the first part uh, I would say that you know the, the the what is what is very unique also is, is this um, version you know of the genesis i mean it, this creation of, of the of the cosmos and the world i mean it's not found in 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 other Maya um, documents so it's it's very um uh interesting um to to see such a detailed description of the creation um and it's kind
0: of evolutionary right it's uh, it's uh, yes. in some ways it's kind of um, in the uh, in the Christian uh, in the Bible, uh, the um, the view that's given. Well, there, there's different. Actually, there are different uh, Christian also accounts of of uh, of the creation. But uh, the the main one and the first one about the seven days, uh, God doesn't make any mistakes, so he doesn't have to like try and try again and kind of work on it and get it better and better. Whereas uh, in in this one here, the gods they're they're just uh, they're testing out some things. They uh, they start with uh, a kind of a first uh, a brief uh, test. They're trying to make uh, things from mud, and that's uh, they make uh, the animals, but the animals aren't able to reflect. Um, and then they uh, make the some a human out of um, earth and mud, uh, but. The these ones just soaked up water and dissolved, and the second ones they were created from wood, um, but uh, these ones that were created from wood were not able, and this is the big part, right? Is that they were not able to, um, to, uh, <coughs> to uh, think about uh, who they could uh, uh, who the, or think about the ones that I created them. So this is what it said. Uh, Then it was said to the deer and birds by the framer and shaper. First they wanted the the birds, right? Um, Speak, call, don't moan or cry out. Speak to one another, each according to your kind, according to your group. Um, And speak therefore our names. Worship us, for we are your mother and your father. Say this therefore, you know, and uh, they teach them a prayer. Speak, call upon us, worship us. But they did not succeed. They did not speak like people. They only squawked and chattered and roared. And the speech was unrecognizable for each cry down in, diff- in a different way. And when they heard this, the framer and shaper said, ah, their speech did not turn out well. <laughs> you know, they, they, ah, dang it. You know, they, they we, we just, uh, this didn't work. Ah. And so then they tried another time. And each time they create, you know, they create the mud person. And they say to this person also, okay, speak, call for us. And then they said, ah. Uh, we made a mistake, let this merely be a mistake. This thing can't even walk, can't multiply. Let it be so, let it merely be left behind as a thing of no importance. Um, And then they move on to the uh, effigies of carved wood Uh, and uh, talk to them. Um, And they're... uh, They become, later, what are the monkeys. Uh, But uh, this is what they've done. The effigies of carved wood uh, were made. They had the appearance of people and spoke like people as well. They populated the whole face of the earth. The effigies of carved wood began to multiply, bearing daughters and sons. Nevertheless, and this was the crucial fault, they still did not not possess their hearts nor their minds, meaning kind of having a certain control they did not remember their framer or their shaper they walked without purpose they crawled on their hands and knees and did not remember heart of sky which is one of one of the gods and thus they were weighed in the balance they were merely an experiment an attempt at people at first they spoke but their faces were all dried up their le- arms and legs were not filled out they had no blood or blood flow within them um and they say okay this uh This was the first numerous people who lived upon the face of the earth, but they were destroyed by a flood. Uh, A flood was planned by Heart of Sky. They came upon the heads of the effigies of carved wood. And not only that, but their own utensils and all the things that they've uh, eaten from and eaten with, uh, all the things in their house turned against them. Their dogs turned against them. (laughs) And so they were driven out and driven driven away and just uh, survived as monkeys essentially the, the spider monkey and that's the the uh, creation myth of the spider monkey um, but there are some kind of cleanup work that needs to be done because uh, some of these uh, which uh, seven macaw was one of these too, right he was one of the the one of these uh, wooden effigies or or uh, um, humans made of wood so there's some cleanup work that needs to be done because the, the, these people are still dominating the earth and there's some powerful one amongst, one, ones among them that were not destroyed by the flood. And so they call to the uh, what become kind of the hero twins of the story, uh, Hunapu and uh, Chibalanke. Um And they're quite uh, interesting heroes. Uh, they're not your typical... In in some ways they are typical heroes. In some ways they're not, right? Uh, you have like uh, compared to Hercules, they aren't necessarily um, known as super strong or have like uh, superhuman qualities in those kind of ways. Uh, but they they are very good at what they do. They are able to succeed in in very uncanny ways. But a little bit more through through tricks, through being smart, through being uh, through tricking the gods of the underworld, for example, right?
1: Yes, um, and uh, I, I want just to point out uh, uh, some some things about this initial part of the Popol Vuh, and um, it's a, one and, and one thing because uh, some some people suggest that that the, this part of the Popol Vuh was written influenced by the um, Judeo-Christian Bible hmm. because of some similarities, but uh, in, in a way. I mean, what um, what is very different is that you don't have only one creator god. You usually fi- find the creation gods as couples, mm-hmm. you know, as as as, as um, men and women. So so this idea of couples, and then we have the the heroes in pairs. I mean, the twins, and uh, and the hero twins are the are the sons. Of an of, of of one person who had another uh, twin, um, and uh, and also they have two brothers that were also twins that became the howler monkeys. Mm. Uh, so so this idea of of pairs, you know, uh, represent.
0: Yeah.
1: It, yes, the, uh, 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 the concept. How important was the concept of duality in Mesoamerica? And of course, for for the Maya. And, and the idea how duality it, it's a way to, to explain how things complement mm. in in the world and and, 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 and you're very right uh, saying that um, uh, these these particular heroes uh, I mean they they're really smart but they, in a way they represent how values complement in in, in real life and, and, and for example, how they manage to trick the um, the lords of the wonderworld I mean they they're uh, taken to pass uh, different tests you know the house of darkness the house of the knives you know mm. and and they had to be really smart and and sometimes uh, they fail but, but uh, and, and uh, also this this important that they're not perfect I mean sometimes they fail but they manage to um, to solve all the, all the all the problems in in, in different ways, and uh, and some sometimes it tricking death it, it itself, you no? So it's it's a very interesting way to how these uh, mythical stories have actually teach the population. I mean, how people should behave, mm. you know, in, in real life.
0: And it it does put a kind of premium on. Uh... I mean in in some ways you could say uh not dishonesty but guile you know being able to uh you know that that you can in some ways you can you can trick the gods of the underworld you know there you have to, if you you just have to think a bit ahead you have to be be smart you have to have the right kind of friends with you the right kind of alliances but uh, the right kind of magic um but um because it's uh, it starts with uh, the uh the uh the father of the hero twins. They've been uh, him and him and another have been playing uh, the ball game, which is uh, you know a central part of, of Mayan life. These uh, there are ball courts uh, in Chimshe, uh, For example, there are what three or four ball, ball courts, mm-hmm. uh, and has to be there together with the temples. There has to be a ball court, um, and at the they're playing this ball game close to the uh, house of the uh, or the realm of the dead. Uh, Chibalba, is, there, is, is that right? Yes, Chibalba, and so the dead they get disturbed and they hear them and then they invite them to play at the ball court in the realm of the dead. Um, but on, and they accept, but when they come down there, they then have to uh, pass few, uh, several tests and they fail, and so they get uh, they get killed. And then afterwards, uh, Hunapu and uh, Chibalenke. Have to go there and try to uh, resurrect them, to regain them back from the from the kingdom of the dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and they come there, but they've uh, they already know some things about what's going to happen, and so they're pre- they're prepared, and so they have the counter tricks to the tricks of the dead, and uh, are able to uh, to win at the ball game, I believe. And through that, they're able to uh, then uh, get their their uh, the father back that was previously killed,
1: and and they also get help from certain animals. So the idea that you have to interact with nature uh, in order to to achieve your goals it's it's also interesting. So so yes, uh, definitely the the defeat of the of the lords of the underworld uh, is not that that. They, I mean, the, these uh, lords of, of, of death disappear. I mean, no, not, the, they don't disappear. They, no, the, the thing is that they defeated them. It's sort of giving an example. Okay, if we can defeat them, I mean, if anyone can do that, so and and that's why they have ball courts in, in every Maya city because they had to reenact, you know, this um this victory of of uh, with, with, you can say the uh. The hero twins against the evil forces of of nature, and in order to to keep that balance, you know, uh, they they have to perform this ball game uh, very periodically. Even even Maya kings dressed as as ball players, you know, as a reenactment of of of, of the hero twins. And and after the the defeat of, of the Lords of the Underworld, I mean, this resurrection of of the maze god. Uh, of course, <laughs> I mean, we cannot. Deny that is it is a very interesting parallel to to Christian you know idea of life and death, mm. but 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 the idea of this cycle of, of life and death was used for uh, by Maya kings as as uh, as the direction of how dynastic rulership. I mean, it's also the reenactment of of, of the same uh, episodes in the way that okay the the, the king died, but then the, the the heir to the throne becomes like you know the resurrection of, of of this um uh, person who's who's uh, yeah. uh, representing the, the the maze god so this idea of, of 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 this cycle you know it was very important for the maya to uh, to keep this cycle you know sort of rolling <laughs> and, and <laughs> uh,
0: the interesting thing is that this entire story plays out in the sky there are um there are stars uh, and uh, star images for each of these uh, these stories, um, and they they know that for and th- it's it's kind of through this story they also know when, for example, to s- plant certain plants. Uh, they know when the maize will return. Uh, they know when the different kind of uh, it is the different different seasons to plant the different plants and to expect their their ripening and their death. Um, and uh, all of it uh, playing out in the, in the skies with the uh, different names for the Pleiades and when they go uh, away from view or when they go to the, that part of the sky and so on. Uh, there's this kind of drama that's reenacted uh, of the story of, uh, of uh, Hunapu and Shibolanke.
1: Yeah, I, I really like the, 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 um, the metaphor of, of the two brothers um well one dies uh, uh, well one when uh, sorry uh, um was born you know after uh, first so it was like an elder mm-hmm. a twin um and they went when 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 they died, they became mostly the sun and venus so the elder brother is venus because they it, it's the is the uh, dawning star mm-hmm. uh, so uh, venus comes first you know, in the morning, and the, then comes the sun. It's the, the
0: daybringer, so, day right? That's what they call yes, it.
1: Yes, and, and and at night, you know, um, also Venus, you know, it is the first start in, at night before the moon. So, so this is a way how, how they explained, you know, the natural phenomena, like, of course, astronomy, but related to, to, to this, a couple of 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 uh, of uh, hero twins uh and you know it had to do with nature with uh, the basis of political power you know uh, moral values um so so yeah you, you you have here like like a like a code for 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 um how to be you know mm-hmm. uh, uh, a good person uh how to how to relate to nature, and how to relate to supernatural forces. So, I mean, it's 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 all uh, um, their cosmology, you know, represented in a piece of, of literature.
0: And uh, this was before the creation of humans. So, what we're talking about here are kind of some demigods in some way, right? They're not they're not the creator gods, but they're some demigods that had to do some things in order to set uh, set the stage for human humans to enter the picture. Um, yeah, and, uh, and it the, the kind of values that they have just uh, show to a certain extent is uh, one thing that keeps popping up in in Native American legends, also in North America. Um, well, Mexico is North America, of course, but the uh, but the further also among, the, for example, the uh, the Diné or what's often referred to as the Apache um, or others is this kind of trickster uh, that's able to. Out with the gods of death, or uh, the the uh, they had uh, the coyote that's able to steal fire from the from the bird people uh, and bring the, bring it to the to the humans uh, through again through through tricks through being able to uh, to deceive to be able to uh, to earn his way in and uh, then finds a way that the fire catches his tail and he's able to run run off with the fire, and that's the first time that humans get fire. Um, so it's this, I don't know, perhaps some ways, uh, idea that your life is in, in your own hands to a certain extent. There are these rules, there are these powers that you do have to relate to, um, but they can sometimes be tricked. <laughs> they, can, uh, they can sometimes, uh, you can sometimes find ways out of it. I also thought it was interesting, the husband of this maze god that is that is killed, um, or not the husband, but the wife of the maze god that is killed, she sees um, signs in nature of the time coming when uh, someone will go to the underworld to bring him back. So nature also is this um, manifestation of the will of the creator gods, of the father and mother right um and mm-hmm. you yes. can search in nature and you can find signs in nature even the demigods search for signs in nature of the will of the of the creator gods
1: yeah when you harvest is affected by something you know it is it's because <laughs> something is happening it's a supernatural world so right. so you have to to be aware of that yeah
0: so so nature really is a uh, especially plants uh is also a a form of revelation you could say if a place to go for signs for uh, if uh, the go- god and goddesses or the creator god father and mother are trying to tell you something very often that is where the answers will come from is uh, a certain plant growing in a certain way uh, that may be a sign to you that something is about to happen
1: yes yeah and um, and then uh, of course, like you said, this is this is a time when 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 um, gods and semi gods, you know, were sort of wandering the 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 earth and sort of fixing everything before you know the, the humans, especially the K'iche', mm-hmm. of course, uh, <laughs> coming to the picture. And another episode that I think is very interesting is when they confront the the false uh, son called Seven Mm Makkah, and and it's a very, very, for me, it's one of the strongest um, messages in in, in this sort of, between creation and and, and, and present history, Uh, how how this uh, false god, I mean, represents certain, let's say, you know, uh, behaviors that are not approved Mm. by the creator gods, And, and, and he represents pride. You know, and, um, yeah, so uh, while the
0: face of the earth was only a little brightened, before there was a sun, there was one who puffed himself up named Seven Macaw. There was a sky and an earth, but the faces of the sun and the moon were dim. He therefore declared himself to be the bright sign for those who were drowned in the flood. He was like an enchanted person in his essence. I am great. I dwell above the heads of the people who have been framed and shaped. I am their sun. I am also their light, and I am also their moon. Then be it so, great is my brightness. My, by the brilliance of my silver and gold, I light the walkways and pathways of the people. My eyes sparkle with glittering blue-green jewels. My teeth are all jade stones, <laughs> as brilliant as the face of the sky. This my beak shines brightly far into the distance like the moon. Um, my throne is gold and silver. You know, this uh, This uh, very clear... Uh, uh, what do say? Uh, lifting himself above his his estate you could say a certain hubris in a way right this arrogance
1: yes so so they're condemning you know um, pride and arrogance in, in, in as, as a social value you know uh, and, and, and that passage I think is is, is very illustrating in, in how you know the the, the popular is basically a uh, code of behavior
0: it says he desired only greatness <laughs> yeah. and transcendence uh, before the light of the sun and moon were revealed in their clarity and that he puffed himself up uh, and was worshipped by people but there was nothing there his vision did not reach beyond where he sat it did not really reach everywhere beneath the sky so he was he was a false false god to say it that way and uh, Hunapu oh. and uh, and Shibalanki are sent to, to kill him essentially
1: yeah, and that's one of the uh, episodes that is mostly represented in in, in classic period um, art, mm. in sculptures, and I mean the, you'll, this, you'll the, this the image scene, of, scene of, the, of the false god, you know, they uh, represented as, as as a bird falling from the sky. Yeah, it is very common in, in 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 the beginning of Maya civilization. So you can see how you know the fundamental values of a Maya kingship mm. <laughs> were actually being a, a representing these kind of um, histories. stories so the, but, the, but, but the, then... the the
0: value it's talking about is kind of the the imposter the uh, the one who will not um who does not speak truly who pretends he is more than he really is i guess is that the kind of the, van- the vanity yeah.
1: yes exactly and uh, so um so then um, moving on um uh, we have this first part, you know, very, you know, it's symbolic, and and, and I have to to um, to uh, say this. I mean, interpreting the Popol voice is, is extremely difficult because uh, uh, we need to put it in context, not only the pre-Columbian Maya cosmology, but also the early colonial context of, of, of Maya populations and the interest of of the Spanish friars. So with all this in uh, into uh, when we take all this into account interpreting uh, the probable in a very literal way is very dangerous because it, it could be misinterpreted in many ways and when when they when the quiches you know tie themselves to certain mythical origins i mean um, it has been um, used by 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 some people to disclaim that they have a truly Maya, you know, um, origin Uh, because uh, when when they they refer to their particular mythical uh, origins, you know, then it comes now into the context of post classic period um, cosmology and society, Mm. which was dominated by the Aztec Empire. So well, Then we have a very, very ancestral myths like, like the Hero Twins, and then we come to a more recent uh, mythological history um, which was shared by other Mesoamerican groups, especially the Aztecs. And then the Kichés now are making reference to certain uh, places and uh, characters that um, were very important in the years before the Spanish uh, conquest mm. and so then they're t- we t- they're have tying to- into
0: like uh, uh, they're tying into characters and and stories now that would be known by many more people around them
1: exactly so so then we have the very ancestral creation and then there comes the the the, the origin of, of the founders of the kitchen nation you know after this you know the the the, the era of, of, of the of the heroes, you know, the heroical, you know, mm-hmm. time. And then we come to historical time. And and then that's the 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 the, the last part of Popol Vuh. And tying those those two sections is, is sometimes is quite difficult, but uh, we, we have to understand that they, they, they were putting together um myths and and, and, and histories from different um uh,
0: Epochs, you know Mm. and uh, Uh, obviously this is kind of where the question is mm -hmm. because some of these are some of the things they talk about here are definitely historical Um, you know we we know that uh, what Rotten Cane and and these other places there actually were um, K'iche Maya centers of population right Um, and uh, so they uh, but then this is mixed together with uh, elements that are very obviously mythological. So it's, it's very hard to know exactly where to draw the line for, for modern historians. Uh, but so we start with these, uh, these four people, the, uh, you know, Jaguar, Jaguar Kitsa, uh, Jaguar Knight, not right now, which is a name. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, uh, what's, what's the, what's the last one again? So the, uh, Jaguar Kitsa, Jaguar Knight, uh, dark Jaguar and not right now. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, they also have each of their, uh, their wives, and uh, they are also named by name. And it is said, as it says here in the, the uh, miraculous vision of the first man, uh, that they were merely given frame and shape. They had no mother. They had no father. They were mainly lone men. No woman gave them birth. They were begotten by the framer or shaper, uh, or she has born, tr- born children or who has begotten sons. Their frame and shape were merely brought about by the miraculous power and the spirit essence of the framer and the shaper. um, And she who has born children. And thus their countenance appeared like people. And people they came to be. They were able to speak and converse. They were able to look and listen. They were able to walk and hold things with their hands. They were excellent and chosen people. And their faces were manly in appearance. They had their breath, therefore they became. And they were able to see as well. For straight, straightway their vision came to them, and perfect was their sight, and perfect was their knowledge of everything beneath the sky. If they gazed about them, looking intently, they beheld that which was in the sky, and that which was upon the earth. Instantly, they were able to behold everything, um, and they have at, at first they have a full knowledge, and then uh, afterwards uh, some of that knowledge is taken away from them right they uh, they first have this vision of everything beneath the sky they give thanks to the framer and shaper and they understand what the monkeys and the animals and the ones created by mud had not understood that we need to um that we need to ro- to worship
1: Hello? Yes. Me? Um this is the the, the the Can
0: you hear me? Yes, I can hear you.
1: Okay. Yes, I mean uh, this is this um connection, you know, between the the very ancestral word and, 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 and the in in the very specific origin uh, of the Kiche. So, um um so so there comes, you know, the all these values are, are now um represented through specific rules and, and rituals. And, uh, and, and then we, we, we see how the Kichés are saying, basically, you know, we, 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 um, we learn, uh, our ways of life from the very ancestral origins. And, and then uh, we, we, we have our own history, but through the same line, you know,
0: but the, uh, uh, there's obviously a, a part here that I would have to say is uh, the kind of most strange to modern ways of uh, of looking at the world, and that's uh, they have a kind of uh, Prometheus story, right, where um, there is a uh, a god that comes or a demigod that comes and offers them fire at a time when kind of the fire has been taken out, and uh, he he says, okay, what will you give to us if we take pity on you? Uh, you know, he says. <clears throat> Um, we'll give you precious metal, and we don't ma- want metal. What do you want? And we'll ask Tohil. Tohil is this uh, this this god of the of the Kitse. and what are the nations to give O Tohil? And they come asking you for fire, and then he says, "We're very well. This is what you will say. Uh, will they not give you? Let you suckle. Let me suckle, uh, which essentially means like almost like." Uh, you know, suck breast, uh, you know, that's, uh, as being, being like breastfed. Uh, but uh, through what they mean then is uh, through human sacrifice, um, that they will allow him that to, to, uh, to get human sacrifices from their tribes. And then they promise that, and in return he gives them fire. And this is a time where it's described as and everything is kind of in darkness and the sun has not risen yet. Um, and so they're in Tulan Suya, which, um, uh, some people have speculated. They're maybe talking yep. about, uh, whether Teotihuacan or, or a Kamen al uh, Kamen uh, or other centers that were kind of part of the political kingdom of the uh, Teotihuacanis, Teotihuacanos. Um, but, uh, after that and then they're all praying and they're wishing for the dawning of the sun and they have this moment where they go up on the on the top of mountains um, to look and to wait for the dawning of the sun and then first comes the daybringer right first comes the daybringer and Uh, um, they then have their incense that they offer up, and then comes the sun in the sky. And when it comes in the s- in, at the at the beginning, um, everything is just wow, wonderful, right? The the sky is uh, uh, he dries up the land. Uh, it's uh, almost like you can't watch look at it because the first time you see the sun is really the real sun. And then every time after that is just kind of a shadow of the real vision of the sun as it comes up the first time, um, and they feel like this unity with all people around them. For there were many tribes, but there were just was just one sun. And at least we've seen that now, um, and that's you know this this wonderful moment of, of unity. The sun has come up for all people.
1: Yes. Uh-huh. Um, I, I think that there are two, three very important poise, points in, 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 in this part of, of, of the book. First, is, is that um, the idea of, of this um, uh, mythical place called Tulan Suiva, you know, and um, be, because Tulan, uh, I mean, it, it was like the Garden of Eden, you know, in, 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 uh, I mean, it was this mythical place where all knowledge. Was with, with, um, um, was received, you know, the idea of civilized life, uh, and 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 some um, authors have uh, pointed that maybe it was a place in 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 the central highlands of Mexico, not, now known as Tula. So, and then people have said, uh, okay, then the on Maya because they're, they're descendant of the Toltecs of, of Tulan. but you know, it's just confusing. Uh, a, a historical place with a mythical place, right. and maybe there, there, there was a city called Tula that actually took the name of a mythical place. But but here the are referring to to to, to this ancestral ancestral place where basically um, all all, uh, all classic all, all tribes came uh, from yeah. societies. I mean, we referring to, to that. And all, uh, the other point is uh, the human sacrifice. And, and, and we know that uh, in the post-classic period, the practice of human sacrifice uh, uh, increased. But uh, we have to understand that uh, as, 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 as a new form of uh, basically following the same uh, guidelines that we see in the first part of the book, which is basically we have to thank the gods. Mm. Because uh, the humans, I mean, were made of, uh, the flesh was made of corn. But the soul, you know, the spirit of people was given because of the gods gave their own blood to give us, you know, that spiritual part.
0: Right.
1: And then the practice of human sacrifice in Mesoamerica was basically uh, it, it either the kings offered their own blood uh, in, in an auto-sacrifice or self-sacrifice, mm-hmm. but mainly um, capturing, you know, in, in,
0: Enemy, uh, enemy enemies
1: enemies, and yeah. them. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, there was this obligation of of gate of, of feed the gods with blood, but it was usually through you know war captives, and and, and they they were justifying that. Right. And, that uh, it's, not, to...
0: it's not like other nations didn't kill people in war. <laughs> yes,
1: <laughs> but but some of the reasons for 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 warfare in the post classic was actually to get. Um, victims for sacrifice, for sacrifice. because yeah. it was an obligation to, to to maintain you know the sun through their cycle and, and feeding you know uh, the gods with with blood. I mean that's that's very common for many cultures, mm. but the idea of this doning it, it's it's uh, what is very interesting too because it's um, it, it it tells that there were different groups you know uh, uh, Maya groups. In, in the territory. But the Kichés, what, what they, they were referring to is that at some point they got the right mm. to basically conquer. And,
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, it says, you know, then also was the killing of the nations. They were taken in this way, you know, where, the, where this uh, Tohil comes and says, hey, do you remember that you're supposed to feed me? You know, and all these other nations yeah. that you are living now around, they're living on this mountain and they're living around all these other nations and they all promised to let me suckle. Um, and mm-hmm. so they go about, and they do. They, on, this is what have, what happened. Only one would go out walking, or two would be out walking. It was not clear how they were taken, and then they would be taken to be sacrificed before the faces of Toil and Aulix. Afterwards, their blood and skulls would be placed on the road, and thus the nations would say, "Ah, a jaguar ate, jaguar ate them." And this they would say only because th- only the tracks of the jaguar were left behind. They would not reveal themselves. The one who had didn't done this, and many were abducted from the nations until after a long time, the nations came to their senses, and they go to war against uh, these uh, four forefathers of uh, the Quiche and their entire their entire capital. Uh, but they lose based on biological warfare, as you can say. They they used uh, the wasps to uh, huge uh, huge wasp bombs in some ways to to drive them off. Uh, and to not only drive them off, but to then as they were trying to fight off the wasps, then the K'ichev, uh, the K'ichev uh, ancestors came out and they clubbed them and were able to, to, to beat them and to uh, then extract sacrifice uh, for them um, or to uh, payment uh, of tribute and became a kind of a lord people over these these other nations. And uh, I mean, in, in just from like a you know Judeo-Christian perspective or kind of typical Western perspective, the bad guys won. You know, <laughs> the ones who were abducting and killing people—they won. <laughs> and so it just yeah. seems very strange because it's it's a very different value system. You can tell uh, from yeah. what's from what of what's going on there. But then then we move from there to them to the more uh, uh, modern period where. You know, we have their ancestors uh, in generations. They go to these different places that uh, we know today are, are um, several of these places have been found, have been uh, discovered. Uh, and it, it fits well that they went from this place and then to this place uh, as their, their main capital. Um, and they expand their empire. They include um, soldiers now into the nobility. And they have a very... Clear uh, distinctions and and rituals for doing all these things, um, and it it ends in a very uh, positive way with uh, these these leaders of the of the of the the um, uh, these lords um, having been able to um, they they have an increasingly complex civilization now to handle and to to lead but they're able to do it because of their great wisdom and because of their great um uh ability to to uh have self-control and to um to please uh, to please the gods and, and seek for the gods and they they fast and they pray um, and uh, neither would they sleep with their women. They would merely provide for each other, fasting in the houses of the gods. Each day they would merely worship, merely burn offerings, and merely offer sacrifices. And they were in the dark, there in the darkness and at dawn, weeping in their hearts and in their bowels, pleading for the light and the lives of their vassals and servants. And they would lift up their faces to the sky of their lordship. And then this is their pleading before the faces of their gods. This is the crying of their hearts. And I thought this was a very, very beautiful prayer. Um That be at peace, scatter your abundance and new life, may life and creation be given. May my daughters and my sons be multiplied and created, that they may provide for you, sustain you, and call upon you on the roads on the cleared pathways, along the courses of the rivers, in the canyons, beneath the trees and the bushes. Give then their daughters and them they their daughters and their sons in turn. May there be no fault, confinement, shame, or misfortune. May no deceiver come behind them or before them. 7 Makkah again here, right? Uh, may they not fall or be wounded. May they not be dishonored or condemned. May they not fall below the road or above the road. And may they not be stricken or have impediments placed behind them or before them. And may you place them on green roads and on green pathways. May they not be blamed or confined. And do not hide yourself from them or curse them. May their existence be favored so that they may be providers and sustainers to you. To your mouths and to your faces, you heart of sky and you heart of earth, you bundle glory. And you as well, Tohil, Aulix Hakawitz, womb of sky and womb of earth, the four sides and the four corners. May there be only light, only security within your mouths and before your faces, O gods. And uh, fasted nine score days and uh, fasted often, crying out their hearts on behalf of their vassals and servants, as well as on behalf of all the women and children. And thus each of the lords carried out his obligations um and you then end up with uh uh this uh it, it kind of ends on a high note with the kind of the at the apex of the kiche maya empire you could say which is after the classical period um and where things are are in order there are some signs here and there of you know sometimes there are rebellions or so on but they are able to deal with it because of their um, devotion because of their, uh, in some ways, uh, uh, way of life that is very, you know, where they're measured, they never let their desires get the get the overhand of them. Um, and they uh, are constantly praying to the gods for blessings on their people. So yeah, a very, um, very kind of pious uh, conclusion to it in a way. Yes,
1: and as, as any other civilization in, in, in the world that we know, we, we, we see how religion really plays an important part as a basis of, you know, this, the um, society, how it justifies um, uh, everything, you know, that, that we see. I mean, from, from a prayer to a, to a human sacrifice and, and, and how everything, everything is justified by, by these beliefs. Uh, and, and and what what I find also very uh, relevant here is is how the in uh, uh, I think you you put it very well this devotion uh, that we we see in the Popol Vuh I mean that we, we know that it existed at the time of the Spanish conquest mm. uh, how it continued well after <laughs> the conquest and during the colonial period uh, we see it, how it this into, into devotion to right. this these uh, gods transformed in a devotion to christian saints and and we see it with 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 the with the with the, with the maya of of today i mean we see how they uh, are devoted to a specific saint in in each maya community how they um are um they how certain individuals are the patrons of 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 the saints and how they sponsor these festivities you know uh and how this, this tradition of of, uh, uh, of these rituals, I mean, were transformed into into a, a combined Maya Christian, you know, uh, Sync- ritual syn- practices and, and we Yeah, yeah. And,
0: and
1: that's what what is very important about the Popol Vuh is is not a, a book about a, a vanished <laughs> civilization, but it's a book that helps us to relate. You know the, the pre-Columbian Maya with the modern Maya, and this is this sort of vehicle of uh, communication between the past and the present. So many things that we see in the Popol Vuh, I mean, are, are still um, very alive today. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: and again, the the essential part being that humans were created in order to be able to reflect on their creation enough to know that they should worship. A god or gods, right? And without that, we're essentially just like the monkeys. <laughs> that this is this is one of the <laughs> things that, if from the Maya perspective, right, this is one of the things that defines us as human: our worshippers and sacrificers, yeah. right? The uh, the the penitents, the ones who 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 and and, and as, acknowledge, as, acknowledge and worship as, as the gods the, with, with, uh, as we Uh, as
1: with other books I mean of, uh, of course the Kichés are saying okay we were the chosen ones <laughs> right. by tohil and this garden and we we saw the dawning." But, but you're right I mean we're the chosen ones but we're humans so as humans we have to do this and that you know right. so it's um it's it's the way you know that uh, official history is written
0: <laughs> well thank you that's uh, I think that's a good place to stop um and uh, I will uh just uh, go play again a little bit of that uh, Mayan flute. Yeah.